Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, a senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. Come on, give Jesus a good hand clap tonight. Don't we serve an awesome God? We serve an awesome God. Thank you so much. Grab a seat. Thank you so much for the kind welcome. And uh, anybody in this house love your pastors? What an amazing church with incredible leaders. I'm so grateful for Pastor Jared and Sue. They've, uh, they've been an inspiration to me. For I, I told them the first time I came here, your church was 12 years old. And I spoke at the youth conference, at Influencers Conference back in the day. I think it was at the Crown Hotel. Is that what it's called? And uh, I got to speak there. I was just young and just ridiculously good, good looking and uh, aged a lot since then. I feel way too young to be this old. Amen. But uh, it's been amazing to see the, the church thrive, the church grow, and to be inspired by such a world-class ministry. Uh, I got to say that your pastors are some of the most humble, gifted, and godly men and women I've had the privilege of meeting all over the world. And I think the evidence is, is really seen not only in this church, but in their three incredible boys. Aren't you grateful for pastors that have kids that love Jesus? Honor you. They got the three best looking boys probably too. They all could have been models, amen? But uh, I'm just so grateful uh, to be connected to you guys and I accept your invitation to be adopted. <laughs> Add me to the will, amen? But uh, I love this church. I have since I came the very first time. We had some special moments over the years. The first time I came, uh, Pastor Jordan was about this tall and uh, just an absolute killer on the drums. And I remember even back then, and Sean, who was about this tall, uh, was on this stage. I remember him having like, like about, I don't know, about 100 hairs that were about this long. And they went all the way back, somehow dusted off his lower back, and uh, just so inspired by uh, the energy, the anointing. But I love this church, and it's an honor to be here, bring my daughter. We were in Sydney for a couple of days, and before that, we were in Singapore at a conference uh, this last week. So I brought her her first international trip, and she's doing a global tour. And so uh, she's having a great time. She actually officially said, Dad, I could live in Australia. I said, no, you won't. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> well, hey. It's so good to be with you tonight. If I haven't had the privilege of meeting you, my name is Mark, and I, I brought a picture, I think, we might have it of my family. This is my wife, Rochelle. That's my seven-year-old, Chloe. People say what she like. She's like a blender missing a lid. <laughs> Praise God. And she's a firecracker. Uh, but I'm going to, I live in America, so I'm storing up on, on weapons right now to scare off all the boys. Everyone said amen. All the dads said a good Amen. So uh, I'll let them get married at, the, at about 30, 31 years old. It's a good age. Uh, but I'm kidding. But seriously, though, um, we're going to have a good time tonight. If you're brand new to this, this house, I want to say thank you for coming tonight. And uh, we're going to have an amazing weekend, man. But I really was praying. And I just felt like God gave me this prophetic, a few prophetic messages. What does that mean? I believe there's, uh, you know, there's messages you prepare for. And there's messages that you feel like almost God gives you that are just so tailor-fitted for an audience, for a people group, for a region, for a city. And I do feel like God's given me some messages for Perth and for this church. 
And I just want, if I could, ahead of time, just declare that there are some great days coming for this house. That the best days of Global Heart Church are just ahead of us. Feel like God is getting ready to do some amazing miracles even this weekend. Uh, tonight, some of you even here, I felt like there was even someone that would be in the room tonight that you broke a bone earlier on in your life and it never healed properly. And I felt like the Lord said before I started preaching tonight that tonight he's gonna heal your body. There was someone here tonight that you have some sort of septic issue in your stomach. Uh, it's, it's affecting your organs. And I felt like the Lord is going to heal you tonight. Someone has a bug, maybe from a missions trip or a holiday, uh, that your intestines have never kind of healed properly. And I want you to know that we serve a God that still heals. And so tonight, whether it's a hip issue or a disease, a degenerate bone condition, someone might have some sort of appendicitis, uh, I just want you to know tonight that I'm expecting that God will do miracles tonight. This weekend will be a, a weekend full of signs and wonders, because we serve a marvelous God, amen? And so uh, I'm so excited. I think this is my 15th trip to Australia. And I've been able to come, and I, I started coming here in my early 20s, and I remember I was so terrified. The first trip I came here, I was speaking at a conference with Bishop T.D. Jakes, Creflo Dollar, and there was this little youth pastor from Boise, Idaho, named Mark Francie. And I remember fasting and praying before I came, and I said, Lord, I, have, I don't know what I'm doing being invited to this conference. And I'll never forget that trip. God did notable miracles. He did miracles in Perth, did miracles in Adelaide, did miracles all over the country where I went. And I've never healed anybody, but I've prayed for a lot of people and God has healed them. And so I'm believing that for this weekend. If you're up for some miracles, come on, say a good amen. Yeah. Well, hey, I'm excited. If you have your Bible, I don't want to waste any more time. We'll jump in tonight. If you have your Bible, go with me in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 28. Our church sends their greetings. We just turned four years old, had the privilege of building. Uh, we just bought an $18 million building, and uh, the church has seen just over 6,000 people get saved on Sundays uh, in the last four and a half years. So God is really moving in a sovereign way right now, and I know you hear a lot of bad reports of California, but I want you to know that God is on the move in America. And what the enemy meant for evil, God is the God that can turn it around for good. I don't know if you read that scripture, but where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. And I'm believing that God is going to do something great in our time. I'm there for it. And if you believe it, say amen. Well, hey, Acts chapter 28, I want to talk to you tonight, again, kind of a prophetic message. I feel like the Lord says it's time to start building fires again. Start building fires again. I want to talk to you about building fires. I think there's some people that tonight you're going to make up your mind to start building. There's others tonight that you're going to, you're going to pick up building where you left off. And for others, I felt the Lord saying, don't stop building. And uh, this is a very critical window, I think, for Australia. I think for the church. We're living in a, in a world that's divided. And a divided world deserves a unified church. Amen. And I do think that this is the church's finest hour. When the world is looking for solutions and the world is full of problems, I do believe there is a God that gives solutions. And so this is an hour, I think, that God wants his people to begin to build again, to begin to pioneer, not just pioneer, but really build fires. 
explain what that means tonight, but if you have your Bible, Acts chapter 28, the passage uh, indicates, I love the book of Acts, 28 chapters. Uh, ironically, the, 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 the first three chapters of the Bible so begin with God's original creation for humanity. In chapter three, there's a snake that comes on the scene. And I love the story because the snake, uh, actually, I don't like Genesis three, I like Acts 28. Because basically where the Bible begins with a snake, in Acts chapter 28, which is the birth of the church. I love this, maybe the most important book in the Bible. We would not know what Christianity looked like after the resurrection without the book of Acts. Written by a doctor, it documents 32 years, the miraculous expansion of Christianity from the corner of Palestine with 120 to standing before Rome in Caesar 32 years later. And I love the fact that it's actually about a snake that gets thrown into a fire. It's a prophetic book because one day the snake in Genesis 3 will be thrown into the lake of fire. Are you ready to go tonight? And so let's read this together. It's, there's a storm. Paul's on a journey to see Caesar. And it says they inquired. They hit a radical storm. The storm shipwrecked the boat. Everyone on the ship had to swim to shore. It says the storm was so violent that it broke the ship up. And they had to grab a, grab a hold of parts of the ship to make it to shore. And I want to encourage you when you're going through a storm to grab a hold of the ship. You got to grab a hold of worship. Come on. Fellowship. They're a ship that you got to grab a hold of in a storm. And they grab a hold of the ship and they make it to the, to the land. Verse 1, chapter 28. We'll read 10 verses together. We'll pray. We'll have a good time. And if you believe it, say amen. It says, now verse 1, now they had escaped. They escaped the storm. They found out that the island they landed on was called Malta. And the natives showed us unusual kindness. And they built a fire and they made us all feel welcome. How many believe that a good fire will make you feel welcome? Because of the rain and because of the cold that was falling, when we, we began to sit down and get comfortable, as it says in verse uh, three, Paul but when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks, he left the fire, began to grab sticks for the fire, and he laid them onto the fire. That my worst nightmare, in a, probably an Australian nightmare, a viper, came out because of the heat. Because of the heat, the viper came out of the bundle of sticks, and it fastened to his hand. I think this would be up there with great white shark attacks. Somewhere up there, that's the would you rather game. Would you rather be attacked by a shark or have a viper dangling from your hand? Up there on the top of my nightmare list. And it says that the creature was dangling from Paul's hand. From his what? Very important here. So when the natives saw the creature dangling from his hand, they said to one another, no doubt this man is a murderer. And though he has escaped the storm of the sea, justice does not allow him to live. They would shout, karma! But we don't believe in a God of karma. We believe in the God of grace. And they said he got what he deserved. But they continued looking for a long time. And they saw that no harm came to him. And they changed their minds. They changed their minds. And they said, he must be a God. 
That's a pretty large pendulum swing. I get maybe he's a murderer, maybe he's okay. But they didn't say he was okay. They said, this is so miraculous, you must be a god. Moral of the story, in storms and in bites, don't listen to the crowd. Crowd always has an opinion, it's usually wrong. Crowd is kind of like armpits. Everybody's got one, an opinion, but they're usually stinky. Is, is they, they had their minds and they said, he must be a god. And in that region, there was, a, there was an estate of a leading citizen. He was an influencer, had a red check mark, a blue check mark next to his name on Instagram. And his name was Publius. Kind of fun to say, like, it's like saying Francisco. It's fun to say. That's a bad joke. <laughs> Who received us and entertained us courteously for three days. And it happened that Publius's father lay sick with a fever and a stomach issue, a severe stomach issue. Paul went to him and he prayed. And he laid his hands. He laid his what? He laid his hands on the father of this influential man and he healed him. So when this was done, the rest of everybody else on the island, everyone on the island who had diseases, they also came and they were healed. They honored us in many ways when we departed, providing such things as were necessary. I want to talk to you about the power of building fires. Building fires. You ready to go? I've done an in-depth study in our church on the revivals of the Bible. I've been fascinated by them. I'll be sharing a few of these revivals this weekend. But I love this story because it's about an entire island that experienced one miracle that caused an entire island to get healed. I believe in a God that can heal things suddenly. If the devil can shut the world down quickly with COVID, God can change the world quickly too. Do you believe that? All right, let's pray together. Lord, we just love you so much. We thank you for the privilege that it is to, Lord, worship you, to know you, to serve you. I pray for the next couple of days that we would have, even as Pastor Jared said, just those divine encounters that would shift and shape and transform our existence. We honor you, Holy Spirit, as the guest of honor in this church. I pray whether it's our first time in church or we come every week, God, would you speak to us tonight? In Jesus Christ's name, we ask and we pray. And God's people said, I'm, a, I'm 39 now, which is crazy. Uh, I look 38. 39, so I was raised in the late 1900s, and uh, it's crazy. You get older, you know, and you start realizing you're getting older because uh, there's evidence. There's evidence like you start waking up injured. It's one of the signs you know you're getting older. You wake up, and you're like, where did that pain come from? You go to the chiropractor or the doctor, and they say, well, how did you get injured? And you're like, well... I just woke up. Pain doesn't seem to leave anymore. You hurt yourself and you're like, well, we're gonna live with that the rest of our life. You're younger, you recover, you bounce back. When you're older, you're just like, wow, I'm stiff. Start stretching. It's funny how your perspective changes as you go with age. 
I ride mountain bikes in the States. A lot of our people in our church ride mountain bikes, and I'll ride with young guys, and I'll ride with older guys, and it's just funny, the difference. Age seems to bring wisdom with it. And the younger guys, they just want to get down the mountain as fast as they can. They're not paying attention to anything around them. And I go with older guys, and they're, they're taking in the birds. <laughs> Look at that blue jay over there. The younger guys aren't paying attention to the topography, the landscape, the bushes, the animals. The older guys are there for the scenery. It's funny how you travel and you acquire, it seems like, different interests with age. I've always loved fires. I've always been intrigued by them. I've always been curious of why the smoke at a fire pit will follow me wherever I sit. <laughs> Mosquitoes like me. My wife likes me. Just the fire, the smoke likes me. But I love fires. I love building fires. I love fireworks. Americans, we sell, we have a whole holiday that's just dedicated to blowing things up. And I love, I love just, I love, I love the majestic nature of just staring at the fire and s the smell of the fire. And uh, I was thinking about, you know, this passage is so, is so powerful and it really carries a lot of meaning because we've been through a four-year window of, of the church growing and a lot of expansion and a lot of good things, a lot of challenges. They say, what's it like to pastor a church in California during a pandemic? I'm like, have you seen the video footage of the skiers outrunning an avalanche? similar experience. And we've just gone through this, this window of kind of going through these, these challenges, these changes. And the uh, story I just felt like was so significant because uh, I think many times we get discouraged in life because we'll start doing something with God, something for God. And it's amazing because sometimes nothing bad happens, nothing challenging occurs until we start building a fire that's worthy. I, I was thinking about before I was a lead pastor, I never got bit like I've been bit the last four years. Never, never felt like I've had the attacks that I've had the last four years. I'm not in any way prophesying doom or gloom, but I would say that the devil is not threatened by people that are marching with him. I don't think he's threatened by, by fish that are swimming downstream. I think that many times we, we, expe we experience resistance because there is a heavenly assignment and a heavenly authority that God gives us when we overcome the bites of the snake. It's interesting. I was studying that, that, that Malta is actually funny that today there's no poisonous snakes on the entire island of Malta. It's amazing. They say that there's, it's interesting, it's famous. It's a, it's, the island is famous for Acts chapter 28. If you were to visit the island of Malta today, they'd say, yeah, we're famous for the book of Acts, chapter 28. There was a poisonous snake that bit this man by the name of Paul, and the natives realized he didn't die. And it's almost like in some ways that what Paul experienced in that miracle, it's almost like it took the venom out of the entire island. And I was thinking about how when men and women of God make up their minds to build, to build the house of God, to build the people of God, to build the mission of God. I don't think that the church has a mission statement. I think God's mission statement has a church. I don't think evangelists bring people to church. I think evangelists bring church to the people. And, and this idea of this island, you have a storm, it's a worst case scenario. I can't think, this, some of my least favorite things to think about is ocean storms, 
a ship being broken up in the water, swimming in a dark ocean at night, when it's cold and rainy, and then landing on the sea to build a fire and then to get bit by a poisonous snake. This is a terrible story. This is like a nightmare story. And it's interesting to me that it was through a nightmare that an entire island experienced revival. This is the hand of God. I think many times the storms that we weather are actually prophetic indicators of the great things that are coming ahead. I think that sometimes the snakes bite the most right before God does his greatest work. I think that the snakes that are trying to bite the church of Australia, they know the great revival that's coming to this land. And they're trying to discourage the big C church in this nation because they know the finest days of the Australian church are still ahead. I believe there is a national move of God that we are on the precipice of. I believe that eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard the great things that God has in store for Australia. And I think in many ways, the reason why we know there's something great happening is because it seems like as we were building the fire, the snakes came to the surface. I want to encourage you that, that we can't give up on feeding the fire. People go through challenging seasons. They go, well, someone got sick. I experienced a tragedy, experienced a loss. I'm going to stop building the fire. I was talking to a professor at our church, uh, uh, one of my Bible college professors, and I shared the story with some of the staff. But he said it's interesting because his his parents were first-generation Swedish uh, Christians. And his aunt and uncle, there's, come on, there's one in the room. God bless you. His aunt and uncle, they were Swedish. And they loved Jesus. And he said that him and his brothers and his, his kids and their grandkids, four generations have served God faithfully. All pastors, professors, teachers, evangelists, businessmen and women that love Jesus, all of them. And he says his aunt and uncle were very prophetic, loved the things of God, loved, loved the Bible. But he said their kids, their, their kids and their grandkids, none of them are really serving God got involved with drugs and, 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 and law, trouble with the law. Some of them are, uh, got into got it like suicidal and just dark things in this other family line. And both generations started off with parents that love God. He said, we've thought about it often over the years. And the only thing that we can decide that's different between one family line and the other was that my family, he said, my parents, they made the house of God a consistent priority. The only difference. He said, my aunt and uncle, they loved Jesus and they loved the kingdom, but they were never committed to the church. They would go to a church for two years, get offended, go to another church for six months, get offended, do a home group for a year and a half, get bored, go to another church, get offended. And the only common thread to their offense was them. I think the mark of maturity is actually revealed by how hard it is to be offended. Yeah, it's going to get quiet up in the Presbyterian church for a second. I think it's important here to note this, that, that they, he said this. He goes, their family, their kids, their grandkids, because when, when we treat the church as optional, we can't be surprised when future generations treat it as non-essential. If we want our kids to value the things of God, we have to prioritize building the house. 
building the kingdom, building the people. We got to continue to feed the fire. Feed the fire. What do you mean feed the fire? I mean, I mean that, that one of the greatest things you can do is feed the things that warm you, that thaw you out, and not just warm you up and make you happy, but actually warm everybody around you. Paul was dedicating time to going, I'm going to get some sticks because we're all wet, we're all cold, and the greatest solution to a cold world, a wet world, is a church that's on yeah, I think that we live in a time of lost people and lost society and lost politicians and lost churches and lost pastors. We need some churches that are on fire. Yeah, yeah. We got to build fires. We got to gather sticks. We got to get the, and it's funny to me that he's gathering. He's just trying to, I just want to build a fire that warms my friends. I want to build a fire that warms my city. I want to build a fire that, man, my kids can grow up around. And it's when you make up your mind to build and to go, I'm just gathering sticks. I'm just trying to build this fire. It's interesting, man, that when you're just trying to build the house of God, and even in ministry sometimes, it's when you're trying to take new ground. We, we launched a new campus. We outgrew our smaller campus. We got a, another property, a large property, about 15 minutes away. And we shifted regions. It was like all hell broke loose. My, my, my fathers in the faith, they say, Mark, whenever you take new territory, you, you alarm new devils. It's like devil starts getting agitated that you're taking ground. And we had this fire break out against our church, against me and my wife. And my wife had a big magazine, a fashion magazine. And all these accusations started coming out that my wife was evil and the magazine was wicked and all these things. I'm like, my wife, we're part of the Illuminati. I don't know what that was. I'm like, are you kidding me? They said, you guys must have trafficked uh, children and just some of the most diabolical accusations that you've ever heard. And our county's wealthy, and they love a good gossip, and all these people started circulating these lies against our family. And I'll tell you right now that one of the ways the devil tries to discourage you is he tries to attack us in a few different ways. He'll, he'll actually try to get us to a point that we, uh, that we, that we have a, uh, I don't know, what's in my notes here? Um, he tries to discourage us with getting, getting us to be unforgiving to get a hard heart or to get so bitter that we're no longer useful for building fires. And I'm really proud of my wife because she didn't get offended. We blessed those that cursed us. We prayed for those that were saying evil about us. What's wild is, is God took care of some of those people. I didn't ask him to, but I thought about it. But you know what's wild is we just kept building the fire. We were trying to build a church to revive a state. But as we were building this church, the church grew from about 500 to 1,500 in about three and a half months. It was a massive wave of growth. But as the church grew rapidly, these accusations, these snakes started to come out. And I want to just remind you tonight that when you feed the fire, you'll feed the fire, you're gathering the sticks, you're warming yourself, you're building something to warm your children, you're building a fire that'll impact future generations. And when you do, oftentimes that's when the snakes will come out because you're taking ground. He's not threatened by people that are marching with him. 
And we were building a fire, we were bundling these, these sticks, and, and as we were taking new ground, we got bit. And I remember thinking to myself, man, this, this bite, this is painful. Remember crying, driving home, going, man, people believe lies. My wife has never kissed a man besides me. My wife has never seen uh, a naked person besides, come on, somebody. I said, my wife is pure. She's a, she was a virgin when we got married. She never held a guy's hand before me. And you're accusing my wife of these atrocities? But we blessed. And the, and the wrath of man, we learn, does not produce the righteousness of God. I can tell you story after story, which I won't tell, about how God defended us. And that the bite that the enemy thought would be fatal to us. It's just interesting. We, we realized that it was the very fire that we were building was the same fire that would kill the snake. Most people don't realize that when you're building something for God, it's that building that will also kill the snakes that surface while you're building it. I want to encourage you, our natural reaction when we get bit is to go back. This is our humanity. I got bit, started tithing, but I got bit in my business. Started getting involved in small group, but I got bit in my marriage. Started bringing my kids to the youth ministry, but I got bit in my schedule. When the devil bites you, it's not proof that God doesn't want you there. Sometimes it's evidence that you're building the exact fire that the devil is threatened by. So we got to make up our mind. If I get bit, I'm not retracting. If I get bit, I'm going to throw this snake back over the fire that drew it out. It says it was the heat that brought the snake out of the, out of the wood. And it's actually the heat that will bring the life out of the snake. So don't retract when you get bit. It's interesting that it didn't bite him in the leg. Wouldn't it make more sense if you threw a, a stick in the fire? That if the snake was down here, wouldn't it bite your ankle? Wouldn't it bite your shin? Maybe your kneecap? It's interesting that the devil is strategic, that he bites the hand. Why the hand? Because in the Bible, hands represent authority. And usually the devil will always attack you in the area that God wants to give you authority. Notice that Adam and Eve, they hid in the garden when they sinned. Where did God tell them to rule in the rain? In the garden. What did he give them authority to do? To tend and to keep the garden. I have found that most of humanity, when they give in to the sin nature, they'll get bit or they'll hide in the areas God called them to have authority in. Called to be a preacher of righteousness, you'll hide in perversion. Called to be a speaker of truth, you'll hide with lying habitually. Called to be a, a, a builder of the kingdom, you'll get sucked into building monetary wealth and living for yourself. We will hide in the areas God's asked us to rule in. He attacked the hand, got bit in the hand. And incidentally, the revival that would come to an island, it started because Paul, maybe the same hand that got bit three days earlier, was the very hand that he would lay on a sick body. It's wild that the devil attacked the area that had the miracle possibilities in. 
Bite the shepherd, the, the sheep scatter, right? Strike the shepherd, the sheep scatter. Bite the hand, maybe the thing that could unlock a miracle, and everything else falls apart. I want to encourage you, if you get bit, don't retract your hand. Extend it back to the fire. Keep building the fire. Keep stoking the fire. Because here's what I've learned. This is very important. Public bites, God uses for public testimonies. I believe the reason why God let Paul be bit publicly is because God wanted to give him a regional influence. And I prophesy over this nation, the reason why the church of Australia has been bit is there is a national influence that God is going to give this church. He's going to give the church. And this house, even if you've been bit, I want to tell you today that God is going to give this church a new authority in this region because God allows public bites because there is a public authority that follows. Think about this. There was 276 people on the boat. Now, if you were in Las Vegas in America... It wouldn't be very good odds if they said you have a 1 in 276 chance of being bit. It's a small chance. But it's interesting that the only man that had authority to unlock a region, that 275 of them were not a threat to hell. It was the guy that had a relationship with God that could unlock an island. He was the one that got targeted. I want to encourage you that when you have a public bite, God has a public testimony. The winds of adversity always cause the wings of the church to take flight. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, it's because God is getting ready to rise up a standard. Can I get an amen? And so we know this. Public bites is because God is going to get public glory. You still with me tonight? Last couple points is it's, I believe this, that we get targeted sometimes by hell, because you are that one out of 276. You're the one that God wants to use as the bondage breaker in your family. You're the one that's going to put an end to alcoholism in your, in your lineage. You're the one that's going to bury divorce in your lineage. You're the one that's going to kill the giants that everybody else let survive. Most people don't realize the reason why you got bit and no one else in the family is because it's your hand that miracles are going to flow through in your family. One in 276 were targeted. I don't drink alcohol or wine, but my friends tell me that unpruned vineyards do not yield the best fruit. They say that vines that are under distress, those are the ones that produce the best grapes. And I believe there's some of you tonight that you're under distress right now. But there is a sweetness that God's going to bring out of your life. There is an authority that God will bring out of your life. That God is actually a God that when you're targeted by the enemy, it's because God has something very sweet. He's going to bring through your life. James says it this way, count all the joy, my friends, my brothers, when you fall into various trials. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work in you, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. But let him ask in faith without doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea that's driven and tossed by the wind. Let not that man suppose he receive anything for the Lord. Let it be said of our window of history that we're the church that we don't complain when we get bit. Notice that Paul doesn't write a letter to the government. 
He doesn't petition his leaders. Doesn't blame God. Really, God? The storm? The swim? The broken ship? I'm wet and cold and now a snake? No complaints. Just a perseverance to keep building. Keep building. Keep stoking this fire. I did a study years ago. And I realized, you know, in the ancient world, when they first started making anti-venoms, they actually, they actually select. This interesting. They selected lambs. Lambs were the original animal sheep. They would take sheep and they would actually in, inject snake poison into the sheep. And sheep are one of the few animals that actually have in the blood an immunity to fight off the venom. They would, they would retract the, the blood that overcame the poison from the sheep. They would take it to the hospitals. And so when you and I would get bit by a snake, it would actually be the blood of a victorious lamb that they would inject into us. And it was that sheep's immunity to beat the poison that would help us beat the poison. And I think, man, isn't it amazing that God in his manifold wisdom would go, let me give you a picture of what it is to be a Christian. That when you're bit by the snakes of the world and the demons of hell and the darkness of life, let it be said that there is still a pure and spotless lamb that on 2,000 years ago took on the snake bite of humanity, took on the worst that hell had to offer. And three days later, they would actually withdraw from Jesus the blood of the Lamb of God that would take away the poison of the world. Feel like preaching in Australia tonight. We overcome the poison of hell by the anti-venom of Jesus Christ. He is the one that offers to the masses, you can be bit, but you don't have to die. You can be struck down, but not destroyed. We are those that are overcomers. Seven churches in Revelation, and he says, to him who overcomes, to him who overcomes, to him who overcomes. I believe that Jesus is coming back for an overcoming church. So I want to just let you know tonight, I'm out of time, that if you're here, I want to encourage you to don't, don't ever stop building God's fire. Don't you dare. Our God is a consuming fire. Exodus 3, he appeared to Moses as the bush on fire that did not burn out. In Acts 2, he was the God that came down as a mighty rushing wind and tongues as of fire. He is the God of fire. His word is shut up in our bones like fire. His, he is the fire God. And I just want you to know tonight that I feel like God would say to this house, keep building, keep stoking the fire. Because there is an anointing that comes in building the fire that releases a region. There is a miracle that's released that releases a region. There is an authority that's released that actually heals a region. If Malta could be revived through one man that didn't die from a snake bite, what would happen if a church would make up their minds, regardless of the snakes, we're building the fire. Regardless of cultural bites, 
we're building the fire. Regardless of who stays and who goes, we're building the fire. We are those that have our minds set that we're fire builders, kingdom builders, church builders. Jesus isn't coming back for Rambo Christians. He's coming back for his bride, for his church. Sorry I'm fired up. I just want you to know tonight, I felt like the Lord said some of you got bit. Some of you are growing weary and well-doing. But God says don't quit, don't stop, you keep building the fire. Some of you have poison in you right now, but I want to pray the blood of the lamb over you tonight. I break off every physical spirit of infirmity over this church. I break off any hex, vex, curse that a cause, shall not alight against Global Heart Church. This church is blessed. This church has the blood of the lamb over every soul, every leader, every pastor. Who believes it tonight? The blood of the lamb is over this house. And whether it's Canada, whether it's Germany, whether it's Melbourne, this is a church that's gonna thrive. Take authority in its region. Would you stand to your feet? We're gonna be a fire-building church. Some of you tonight, you need to make up your mind to say, you know what, I've been bit, but I realize there is one anti-venom. There is one lamb that, that removes the poison from my body. Others of you here tonight, you're like, man, I, I got publicly attacked, and God says there's gonna be a public story of redemption. This is the God that we serve. What the enemy and what <laughs> Sean died. <laughs> what the enemy meant for evil, God bends it. Sovereignly bends it for good. And I just believe that even now, let's close your eyes all over this room. About finished. A couple minutes get you out of here. I feel like the Lord said there was a few of you tonight. You got bit. God's gonna heal you tonight. Some of you, you you've been bit enough to kind of be shaken in your walk with God. Maybe it was someone died in your family. Something bad happened to your, to your maybe spouse or child. Someone had a stillborn child and it really devastated you and your faith. God is going to heal your heart tonight. Someone's been believing for a miracle for so long they've lost hope. But I believe this is a miracle weekend. I have a word that God gave me for Sunday that's just for this church. And I believe this is going to be a season of miracles for this church. You're here tonight. You say, Mark, I don't. I want to make up my mind to be a fire builder. Some, some of you need to start building the fire. Some of you need to start re, restart building the fire. And others of you, you've been building for a while, but you've grown weary. And you need to make up your mind that, you know what, the rest of my days, if God gives me 10 years or 20 years, I'm going to build even in my old age. I'm a fire builder for future generations. You're here tonight, eyes closed, heads bowed. I'm going to say, Mark, I got bit. I feel called to keep building. Some of you are here, you're like, man, I want to kill this snake bite by putting it back into the fire that attacked me. That's you tonight. I just want you to lift your hands. Maybe you got bit physically, mentally, COVID, maybe it was financially. And you say, you know what, there's a God that heals bites. I'm asking tonight, Lord Jesus, the very fire that you would call me to build would be the very fire that you would use to heal, to deliver, not just me and my family, but my region. That you would just lift your hands all over tonight and say, I'm going to be a fire builder. I'm going to be a fire builder. How many have been bit tonight? Anybody been bit? Just wave your hands. I got bit. Got bit. But we declare in Jesus' name 
that God, you're with us and you're causing all things to work together for good. So raise your hands all over this house tonight. I pray in Jesus Christ's name, if you need a physical healing in your body, would you just give me a wave tonight? Physical healing, physical healing. Do me a favor, everybody else put your hands down except those that need a touch from God. If you need a miracle, a gift of healing, I want you to lift your hands right now. We do this at our church every Sunday, and every Sunday God responds. If someone has their hand up next to you, just put your, one or two people put your hand on their shoulder. Just put your hand on their shoulder. Mark 16 says, we will lay hands on those that are sick, and they will recover. So Global Heart Church, pray this prayer with me tonight. Say in Jesus' name, we don't beg. Come on, say we don't beg. We believe. You are the God that heals. You are the God that delivers. You are the God that saves. So we release life in Jesus Christ's name. Top of their head, bottom of their feet. Holy Spirit, heal them now in Jesus Christ's name. Jesus' name. Just bind the spirit of infirmity over this room and we release the spirit of God to heal. Tuberculosis, someone that has like chronic asthma, someone has like a, almost like a rash on the left-hand side of your body, someone had measles, even recently, shingles. God is healing you right now, sir. Ma'am, right now, someone with an issue in your bowel, I pray in Jesus' name. Someone that's been trying to get pregnant for a while, being healed right now in Jesus' name. And I heard the Lord even as I was praying, uh, Paul in this church that owns the water park. I heard the Lord saying he's getting ready to open up the windows of heaven. There is a new wave of favor and prosperity, not just for that man, but there's a bunch of business people in this church that you've been faithful to build the fire. You've been faithful to guard the fire. You've been faithful not to, not to join in. When snakes begin to bite, you continue to guard the fire. And God says, I am honoring the men and the women that have guarded the fire, that have built the fire, and with long life, they will satisfy you, and with great wealth, and I believe there's gonna be a, 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 a wave of, of, of wealth that hits this church. Faithful men, faithful women, that even in difficult times kept serving the house, giving to the house. But I saw with that guy, Paul, that God was gonna unlock acres of land expansion with this water park expansion and I believe that this will become one of the most uh, one of the most nationally acclaimed parks in all of Australia God's gonna give them a new wave of favor there's gonna be new investing new investors that have come on board there's a release I believe of wealth in this church because God says I've trusted you because you've actually stewarded wealth not just for Perth but you become a channel of blessing for the nations. Because you've loved my Big C church, you watch how I take care of this local church in Jesus Christ's name. Come on, give me a hand clap if you received that tonight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, last thing, last thing, I'm sorry. But might be, I might not be, might be five years before I come back, so I gotta get it all out. If you're here tonight, last thing I'll do, Maybe a friend invited you. Honestly, maybe you come every week, but you know in your heart, you're really not living for God. You know you have knowledge of God. Maybe he is real, 
but you know that you're not living your life to build his fires. I want to ask you tonight, if you're ready, to not just have a knowledge of God. Knowledge of God doesn't get you to heaven. Did you know that? It says the demons believe. Demons aren't going to heaven. They believe that Jesus is the Christ. There's a difference between believing in God and receiving him as your God. Making him your Lord. Tonight, I'm not asking if you believe in God. I'm asking is he the Lord of your life. You want to take a quick test? Here's how you know if he's Lord. When was the last time you disagreed with God and God won? If you can't think of a disagreement you've had with God, you're in charge of your life. When was the last time he said, share, and you're like, I don't want to share, but I'll do it anyways. Master, Lord. When was the last time he said, give, and you're like, I don't want to give. Okay, but I'm giving. Master, Lord. When was the last time he said, you're going to go to church tonight? You're like, I don't want to go to church. I want to stay home and watch footy. Master, Lord. When was the last time he said, you're going to go to the men's conference tomorrow? I don't want to go. I'm busy. I got plans. Who's master? Who's Lord? I believe in God. Believing in God doesn't get you to heaven. Lordship. Your Lord. That's what I feel tonight. Some of you need to make this shift tonight. Some of you are men. I read a study that said if the, if the father gives his life to Jesus, there's a 93% chance that the rest of his family will be saved. 93%. So I'm talking to the men tonight. Also, ladies, but I want to I dial in on you. Are you ready to stop going to church and start being the church? Are you ready to say, I'm, I'm done believing in God. I'm ready to start living for God. Amen? We don't need more demons in the church. We need some people that are surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus. So here's what I want to ask. It's a bold altar call. And what if I get embarrassed? What if I raise my hand and someone sees me? Good. Accountability. Good. People say, I don't like going to church. I feel uncomfortable. Well, I don't like going to the gym then. So I feel uncomfortable in the gym. Always someone like Eli McGregor looking at me. If I was Eli McGregor, I wouldn't own a t-shirt. Listen, I'm almost done. You know why you feel uncomfortable at the gym sometimes? Because they're pushing you to get a result. And sometimes we go to church and we don't want to be pushed. And we get no results. So this is me pushing you tonight. To say if you don't make up your mind to, to surrender, when will you? And why would you wait till your deathbed to make a decision that you can make while you're young? I'm not going to give the devil the best years of my life. I'm going to give Jesus the best years of my life. Amen? So this is strong. But I feel like there's some men that your kids are counting on you to show them the way. Or surrender. God told me in Orange County, a land full of affairs and cheaters. I said, where's the men at that are getting caught by their kids praying? I want my kids to walk in on me serving God. Not cheating, not compromising, not lying, not stealing. Where are the men that your kids are going to get, they're going to catch you on your knees praying. 
That's what I want to give my kids. An inheritance is what you give to somebody. A legacy of godliness is what you leave in somebody. Let's leave a legacy, man. So this is the beginning of men's conference, amen? That's you tonight. Men or women, you can say, Mark, I need to make Jesus not just the God I believe in. I need to make him the, the master, the Lord. I need to consciously choose to turn from darkness to Jesus in his light. That's you. I know I'm going along, but there's a lot of people that need to do this tonight. Lots. Women and men. Eyes closed. Heads bowed. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Say, Mark, I know that I'm at this Friday night service listening to you. I don't care if you go to church for 10 years, 20 years. Church attendance makes you a Christian like owning an oven makes you a baker. Could be true. Not necessarily. If you're here and you know you're not surrendered, tonight's the night. And I don't care if half the room does it. Praise God. Accountability. This is the night we go all in. We're going to start building fires. We're not flaky builders. We're not going to build for two years and go to the church across the street. Go there for three years. Go to the church across the street. We are going to start building fires. One church. Jesus' name. That's you. I want to rededicate my life. Or for the first time, I want to put my, my faith in Jesus. I want to surrender to his lordship. Would you raise your hands all over the room? I'll give you three seconds. One. Come on, man. Two. Come on, ladies. Hands going up all over. That real high, real high. That's me. Three. Real high, real high, real high. I don't care. You never outgrow responding to God. Real high, real high, real high. I see it. 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 I see seven hands, eight hands, nine hands, ten hands. 11 hands, more hands, come on. Anybody else? 11, 12, 13 over there, I see you. Really cool, here's what we do. And I know you get embarrassed, like, well, don't call me forward. But I'm telling you, there's something that happens in your heart when you take a public stand. Well, I've done it before. Well, I'll tell you what, if God convicted you tonight, do it again. I would rather err on over-responding than under-responding. So those 13 people, I want you to come forward. A leader's going to meet you up here. Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us. And special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus, both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.